Inside the Groove is a podcast which dissects the music of Madonna, telling the story of how the songs were written, recorded and performed, giving an insight as to why Madonna has had a 40-year music career. Still influencing artists of today, Madonna's music has soundtracked the 80s, 90s, noughties and beyond. Find out why as we go Inside the Groove. This Used to Be My Playground was released on 16th of June 1992 as the main theme for the movie A League of Their Own, a fictionalised account based on a real all-female professional baseball team during the Second World War. One of the final songs to be finished for the Erotica Project, it didn't feature on that album and is instead one of a handful of standalone Madonna songs, which, sadly, she has also chosen never to perform live. However, it's probably one of her best love ballads and its release in 1992 reached number one in Canada, Finland, Italy, Mexico, Sweden and the US, hitting a respectable number three in the UK. I'll be giving you the background on Madonna's involvement in the film for which her performance was critically praised and how she came to record a luscious string ballad with dance producer Shep Pettibone, offering her first new material since the stellar Immaculate Collection almost two years earlier. I'll also have the story behind the recording session for the orchestra, which saw Madonna and Shep Pettibone making last-minute changes to the score, and also the video for the track, which upset the mighty boy George. I've got the chance for you to hear Madonna's isolated vocals on this track, which epitomise the fact that even when her voice isn't at its most technically strong, she has an incredible talent for delivering drama. So, sit back, relax, don't look back, keep your head held high as we go inside the groove. song. And welcome back. I'm so sorry for those of you who have had to wait for this episode. I'm very much aware of how much you look forward to them, but my life has just taken off in so many directions that I can no longer offer the time I once used to. Talking of which, the live ultimate episode of the podcast on 3rd of December has now sold out for advance tickets, but we're hoping to issue a few more tickets in late November. So we hope to see you there for our final farewell. Until then, I'm still going to copy a Until then, I'm still going to cover a few more of Madonna's biggest songs and perhaps even cover a tour or two, so bear with. Now, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say how much this used to be my playground is loved. Being one of those Madonna songs not attached to an album, it also stands outside its era, released as part of a point in Madonna's career where she was undoubtedly the most famous person in the world and had started a shock with her imagery and music more than ever before. But this song is a wholesome, heartfelt ballad up there with songs like Live to Tell and Crazy Few as one of her finest pieces of music. 
Now, despite of its lack of, how shall I say, a chorus, um, a kind of like really memorable hook, it's got this beautiful string section and Madonna's vocals, which at that point in her career were not as strong as they had been before the Blonde Ambition tour and certainly not as technically strong as they would become for Evita. But nonetheless, as I said in the introduction, it manages to carry so much emotion and storytelling in a way that only she can. Can you tell I'm a bit of a fan? <laughs> I was actually really disappointed when I first heard this song, and that often happened. I never learned. But we'd had no new Madonna material for almost two years, and whilst I knew the film A League of Their Own was imminent, in those pre-internet days, I didn't know for sure that Madonna was definitely doing a song for the soundtrack, and I certainly didn't know what it was called and when it was out. I was in London for a night out with my friends. We travelled up in the day, and we were going to bang at the Astoria for that evening. Now, it's the club that later became G-A-Y. And if you were there back in those days, I'm sure you'll remember just how ecstatic the night could get. But wind back a few hours and I visited Tower Records in Piccadilly Circus. And there, a few weeks before its official release, were cassette singles of This Used to Be My Playground, adorning the first proper promo picture of Madonna from that movie that I'd seen. It was actually from a cut scene. I have no idea why they had it out, a mistake probably, and they only had the cassette. But I bought it, even though I had no way of listening to it, until I got home to Bristol on the Sunday. In my head, it was going to be a dance classic, picking up where Rescue Me left off. So when the Rhodes piano kicks in and swishes and rim shots in a general melody and production that was very similar to Vanessa Williams' Save the Best for Last, which had been a huge hit a few months earlier, I was thinking, hmm, okay, it's a movie set during the Second World War. But I really wanted that kind of house track or something like that. So I wasn't that keen. Suffice to say that within a few listens, I was very much in love with the track. But it's a lesson I never remember. I thought Vogue was boring on the first listen and hung up was predictable and music sounded empty. So I really don't know. Anyway, to tell the story of the song, I need to start with the story of the movie. The late Penny Marshall first became known as an actor playing Laverne in Laverne and Shirley in the mid-70s, for which she received three Golden Globe nominations. By the mid-80s, she was directing movies, and to give you an idea how she hit the ground running, her first two films were Jumpin' Jack Flash, starring Whoopi Goldberg, and Big, a vehicle for Tom Hanks. In 1987, she watched a TV documentary called A League of Their Own about an all-American girls' professional baseball league, a professional women's baseball team funded by Philip K. Wrigley, which existed from 1943 to 1954. Now, it was her first introduction to the league and she was completely unaware of their story. She then contacted the documentary's makers and then collaborated with some screenwriters to create a narrative which was eventually picked up by Sony Pictures. With Tom Hanks cast as the team's manager, Jimmy Duggan, the task to find the lead female role of Dottie Hinson took a little longer. Initially, Penny was very keen to cast Demi Moore in the role, but Demi was pregnant and not available. So the role eventually was offered to Deborah Winger, who is probably best known for her part in An Officer and Gentleman. Deborah spent three months training baseball for the role, but once Madonna was offered the role of May Mordebito, Winger pulled out. She claimed that Madonna's casting turned it into an Elvis film, which, I don't know, I assume it means that it was no longer a serious movie about the intended subject, but a vehicle which promoted a high-profile singer over the other actors in the movie. 
Well, I find it very hard to appreciate what she meant today. But back then, as I said earlier, Madonna's fame was at her absolute peak. Not only was she known everywhere by everyone, but there was a media frenzy that followed her wherever she went. And although Madonna had had some success in the movies, she'd had a number of misses too. And perhaps Deborah felt that the focus would be pulled from her own contribution. Who knows? But she walked. And in the end... The role went to Gina Davis, who had starred in Thelma and Louise. And she did herself comment that she'd been concerned how Madonna would behave on set and if she'd, I don't know, have a large entourage. But in the end, she said she found a likeable and much like part of the team. Madonna fans will know that another big casting moment came when Rosie O'Donnell was offered the part of Doris Murphy. She and Madonna would become good friends on set and remain close today. With Madonna's Patham hair dyed brown, and let's face it, the hair colour is just as important as her music, for some of us at least, Madonna headed to Chicago for her own training and began shooting from early July until late October. But while she may have been away from home, Madonna was still very keen to make new music and was thinking about her next project. That's when she reached out to Shep Pettibone, who would help her create her most recent singles. And that's where we get to the music. Whilst I don't have a multi-track to break down for you, there is a little amount of info available thanks to Shep Pettibone's erotica diaries, which he wrote for Madonna's fan magazine, Icon. And he reveals that the earliest session dates back to when Madonna's involvement for the movie began. The entry is for July, August 1991, and he says... I wanted to start writing again. The last project I had worked on with Madonna was The Immaculate Collection, but that was just a month and a half of working with that Q sound stuff. I knew I could do something great after Vogue and Rescue Me, and I just started putting tracks together with my assistant Tony Shimkin. I wanted to have a few songs for Madonna to listen to when I went out to Chicago, where she was filming A League of Their Own. I had no idea what she was planning to do an album at the time, but then again, neither did she. I arrived in Chicago on July 8th and gave Madonna a cassette. I told her to give it a listen and tell me what she thought. She said she'd listen to it in the car, in the trailer, wherever she could. A few days later, I heard back from her. Madonna liked all the songs, three out of three. I decided to work on a few more. Well, if we skip forward almost a year, Shep speaks about the song in question. And this is for the diary entry, March 1992. He says... Now I knew we were doing an album. We had 15 songs demoed and she liked them all. The last song we did was for the movie A League of Their Own. Madonna just started singing a melody over and over again into the Shure SM57 microphone, while the Mac with Vision, that's software, was playing strings, organ, piano and a basic rim shot loop. It sounded really timeless, very nostalgic. I spent all night filling in the verses and the song became This Used To Be My Playground. And the story of the song continues, weirdly, only a few weeks before I heard that version from the cassette I bought in London. And this is about the string section. This is the diary entry for May 1992. And Shep says, I met Madonna at Oceanway Studios in Los Angeles to complete the orchestra parts for This Used To Be My Playground. We had to record a string arrangement, something I was excited about but had never done before. Madonna chose Jeremy LeBoc to do the arrangements because he had done such a good job with her in the I'm Breathless material and came highly recommended. Everything went fine until the point when the orchestra played their parts. We didn't like what we heard. 
Madonna and I had to change the whole arrangement right there in the studio with a full orchestra sitting there getting paid for taking up space at around $15,000 for three hours, $3,000 for every half hour over that. And of course, Leboc was talking to two people who didn't know a C from a B natural. The pressure was on. I can only sing the notes I hear at the moment, so that's what I did. Madonna and I stood there over my little Mac singing the notes and Leboc would go, okay, that's a G, uh, that's a B, and that's how we got it done. We completed the session in two hours and 58 minutes, two minutes away from another three grand. The last day recording fell on Memorial Day. Madonna wanted to do the lead vocals again, insisting that it would sound better. It did. I finished off some edits before going over to a party Madonna was throwing in her Hollywood mansion. Ah, what a way to spend the day. As I said earlier, there's no multi-track to break down, but thanks to advances in AI technology, I can play you some parts of it in isolation. And I'm going to play that string section. Uh, when I interviewed Tony Shimkin back in 2020, he said they almost forgot to record this particular bit, and it was also done at the last minute. Have a listen. we can listen to other parts of the song here are the drums now i'm pretty sure that these are live drums rather than uh, synth ones as on pretty much everything else that madonna and shep did have a listen and see what you think and of course the most important thing of all let's listen to madonna's isolated vocals i wish you were standing here something of an anomaly for you this was registered at the library of congress in the 1990s and it's called jitterbug it's just a 39 second snippet of house music that shep and tony shikim can put together allegedly for the league of their own project how this would have worked in a film set in the 1940s with this very 1992 house beat i don't know but what you can hear here is madonna listening to it and making a comment about it as well it's really quite funny. This actually could have developed into a really cool track. Apparently, according to Tony, they just didn't have the time. They were working on so many other things at the time. But here's the track currently known as Jitterbug. 
I love that. I love hearing Madonna in the studio. Of course, in the end, the one song that they went with was This Used to Be My Playground. With that string section, and presumably the final mix is happening in May 1992, the accompanying video was shot the following month at Raleigh Studios in Hollywood, directed by Alex Kashishian, who had, of course, been responsible for the Truth or Dare movie. The video continues the theme of a walk down memory lane with new segments from Madonna presented as if frames in a photo album three minutes in. Those frames are shown as clips from the movie, including shots of Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Rosie O'Donnell, and a shot of All the Way May played by Madonna smoking a cigarette. Her hair is again blonde as it has been since the beginning of 1992 when she began working on the sex book. And it has a retro set look, which along with the 1940s outfits is very reminiscent of Madonna's look for the Live to Tell video, presenting a wholesome image at stark contrast to the Justify My Love and Truth or Dare images, which had upset much of America. So it's no wonder that this song was such a huge hit stateside, with Madonna conforming to the idea of a, an exemplary pop star. Little were they to know what would be around the corner in the coming months. Now, one person who didn't appreciate the video was British singer Boy George, former frontman of Culture Club, himself again a big star in the UK as a solo artist, both as a frontman for the band Jesus Loves You and himself. In 1987, he released a song, To Be Reborn, and it had a video which used pretty much the same technique, his moving images on pages of a photo album. In his biography, Take It Like a Man, which, by the way, is a brilliant and fascinating read, he states that he was furious about this, though he did have the humour to refer to the incident as this used to be my video. George has changed his opinion on Madonna over the years. We don't know what their private falling out was and he has said that she hates him, but in recent years he has stated, it's not something I would say no, I'm really just a bit embarrassed that I said that. And he added, Madonna, she fascinates me, I love Madonna, come on, how could you not? Although a soundtrack album for League of Their Own was released at the end of June, it was on Columbia Records, meaning that Madonna's track was contractually not able to be included. The single edit was included on a 1992 compilation based around the Olympics called Barcelona Gold, but until Something to Remember album in 1995, it wasn't on an LP. At the time, I remember thinking it a bit strange that it wasn't on, you know, on erotica. Though, on reflection, it's really not part of that project at all. Um, I think Rain is the big Karen Carpenter-esque song off that album, and Playground would have stood out like a sore thumb. Similarly, Madonna didn't perform the song on the Girly Show tour in 1993, a brave move considering it was such a big hit. Evita meant we didn't get a tour to support bedtime stories, whilst the next best thing, next a tour directly after Ray of Light. By the time of Drowned World, Madonna had passed by a live performance of the track, and it remains one of the few songs for which she has never done a live session either on stage or on TV. Now, who knows if the upcoming re-releases will change things, but for now, the full-length seven-minute version of the song has never had a commercial release, only in its instrumental format. However, the original CD single did have a six-minute version of the song, which included a verse which may be unfamiliar to many of you. I love it. Madonna's double vocal falters here, which is maybe why it was cut from the regular mix, but to me, it just adds to the storytelling. Madonna may not be perfect in my eyes sometimes, but her recorded vocals are, for me, some of the fine ever heard. Her willingness to sacrifice technical brilliance over storytelling and performance are what sets her apart from many other artists, male and female. And that's not shade. I just think her vulnerability on record in her voice is just fantastic. Have a listen to this and enjoy hearing it in a cappella form for the first time. Why did it have to end? And why do 
still alive in me it will never go away can't say goodbye to yesterday can't say goodbye well as you probably guessed i'm a bit of a fan of that it's the way she almost cries as she sings live and learn it's just stunning I hope you've enjoyed this episode and learned something. In fact, I've enjoyed it so much, I'm going to do the same again. And the next episode will be about the song Crazy For You. Indeed, it will cover the Vision Quest movie songs, including also another firm fan favourite, Gambler. So I'll be speaking to you about that soon. I am working on an episode which might well feature one of her best tours as well. So bear with. Um, We've got until the 3rd of December on the podcast. Remember, I'll let you know if there are more tickets being released. In the meantime, thank you for your support. Thank you for helping us celebrate 40 years of Madonna, which is where we are now, 40 years since the release of her first single. And with her set to possibly tour and possibly release new music, the story is far from over. So for now, enjoy yourselves.